Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play, and to understand our purpose, we need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we see the disciples on a mission to the nations, a mission commanded by Jesus and empowered by the Spirit, a mission for the church. You're listening to Prism Bible. Jesus is leaving. After being with the disciples for a period of about 40 days after his resurrection from the dead, Jesus ascends to heaven. The establishment of the kingdom of God on earth is going to have to wait. But Jesus says two things to his disciples that give them an idea of what the future holds. First, he tells them that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to them. The Holy Spirit is God who would dwell in them, and in doing so, the Holy Spirit would cause them to have the new birth that we spoke about in Step 8, Messiah. This new birth by the Spirit would cause them to become people of the kingdom of God, sealed forever in the righteousness of Jesus the Messiah. But the Holy Spirit would also help the people in whom he dwelled. He would guide them into truth, provide comfort, and ultimately empower believers in Jesus to spread his kingdom message to the whole world. Which brings us to the second thing that Jesus said before he left. He tells his disciples they have a job to do. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says this to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Jesus commands his disciples to make more disciples who would obey the commands of Jesus. The disciples may have expected a kingdom, but instead they got a mission. By the power of the Holy Spirit, they were to expand the people of the kingdom, making more disciples from all the nations of the world. God's plan was bigger than just the kingdom of Israel. He was going to make a kingdom built from people from every nation on the planet. So Jesus ascends into heaven, and the disciples head to Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's about ten days later when God the Holy Spirit comes upon them. While they're huddled together waiting in an upper room, we read that, Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language? Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? The Holy Spirit that was given to the disciples was already working on his mission. He was beginning to spread this kingdom message to all the nations of the earth, 
and he was using the disciples to do it. Among these disciples is a fisherman named Peter, who had been one of Jesus' disciples since the very beginning of his public ministry. And Peter, being wary of identification with Jesus before he was crucified and resurrected, became like a new man when the Holy Spirit came upon him. He stands up and proclaims to the people of the crowd in Jerusalem that God has fulfilled and is still fulfilling ancient promises through Jesus. And the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that they're witnessing confirms prophecies of old. Further, he says that this Jesus, whom they crucified only 50 days prior, is none other than the Messiah that they've been waiting for. The people should turn away from sin and believe in Jesus for forgiveness of their sins. It's upon preaching this short sermon that 3,000 people in Jerusalem become believers in Jesus. The fire that had come upon the disciples in the upper room had become a wildfire. The Holy Spirit was making a people fit for the kingdom of God. But just as Jesus was met with resistance in his ministry, the church began to experience the same. After a while, the church, this group of believers, is met with resistance that quickly becomes persecution. Soon we witness the first martyr of the church, a man named Stephen. Stephen is accused of blasphemy against God, just like Jesus had been before him, and the leaders of the Jews condemn him to death by stoning. It's a somber scene of persecution, but it's in the background that we meet a person who becomes a major figure in the remainder of the Bible. This man's name is Paul, and he's watching over the stoning of Stephen with great approval at the death of this apparent blasphemer. Paul is an intelligent Jewish man who is zealous about the law of God, and soon after Stephen's death, he begins a campaign to resist the growth of the church. So much so that he begins a systematic effort to try to condemn the people of the church to prison and to death in all the cities around Jerusalem. The Bible says that he was ravaging the church, and he would enter house after house, dragging off men and women and putting them in prison. But God was working on Paul, and on his way to Damascus to find more people in the church, we read this. Saul, another name for Paul, was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way of Jesus, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Jesus appears to Paul in the midst of his effort to persecute the church, and he identifies himself as the one whom Paul is actually persecuting. And Paul... Well, he's temporarily blinded as he becomes a believer in Jesus as the Messiah. He realizes that he's been wrong about Jesus this whole time, and it says just a few verses later that immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the Jewish synagogues. He was proclaiming Jesus, saying, He is the Son of God. Apparently, God had been working in the life of Paul. 
such that upon seeing Jesus, he became a believer. Paul saw an even deeper purpose for his salvation, too. Because later in his life, he would say this in a letter to a younger Christian. He would say, I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Said another way, if God could be patient with a persecutor of the church and a wicked sinner like Paul, he could be patient with any sinner who would be drawn by Jesus and the message of the kingdom of God. Paul became a dedicated follower of Jesus for the rest of his life, going to little-known lands to share the good news of Jesus and his kingdom. But as we close this step, we're going to talk about another man, a man named John. John was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he was eventually the writer of one of the biographical accounts of Jesus that we find in the Bible. Now, after the Holy Spirit came upon John on that day in Jerusalem, he did what Jesus commanded and began to proclaim the good news of Jesus and the kingdom of God. However, after decades of doing this and seeing many men and women around him persecuted and condemned to death for their faith in Jesus, he found himself on an island called Patmos. In the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, he was banished to be on the island as a punishment for his preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. And it's here on the island of Patmos that God gives him a glimpse of the times to come. Times of trouble, times of triumph, rebellion and war. But ultimately, in the end, a new garden where we see a familiar tree from way back in the beginning, the tree of life. Join us next time as we see the end of the story. Jesus returns to establish his kingdom, and the world is made new for the eternal people of God. Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, we have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.